What are words? Words are just sounds taking shape. It isn't until they are given a meaning that they are considered words. Hey everybody, welcome to the Words with Friends podcast. Again, if you are here to get strategies for the game Words with Friends, you are in the wrong place. However, if you stick around to the end of the podcast, we might have some strategy tips for you just so you're not here for absolutely no reason. Yeah. You know, make you feel good. I think so. I'm in the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you've yeah. now realized you're listening to the wrong podcast, but you think you might stick around, we got something on the back end for you for sticking around. Yeah. It's not all for not. So yeah. Cool. All right. So last episode, if you're just tuning in, I maybe would suggest you go listen to the first one first because we kind of did a band introductory slash the first song on our EP trees. Uh, we talked about how the band kind of got together, um, all that good stuff, and then Overture, which is kind of like the introductory track to the record, which is you know pretty short, but it's super cool. Uh, I love it. Um, it's very theatrical. And this time, we have Brady with us, which we're stoked on. Uh so we talked about Brady a little bit before he plays bass in a band. How you doing, Brady? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem, man. I'm yeah. glad you're here. What inspired your bass parts? Um, Johnny did. Johnny inspired every single I I you know what? I feel like somehow Johnny's mojo flows into me and the bass parts come out. Like it's yeah. crazy. Johnny inspired the bass for me to to play. And then yeah. that inspired you <laughs> and then, like, so much. The way I, I came with up to these parts was like, I, I heard them and then I played them. It's like you heard I, them and then you played them. <laughs> it is. It is. exactly. I, but it's no secret that uh, I think we touched on it in the last podcast. And this is going to be a reoccurring theme, but Johnny did a majority, if not almost all the tracking on trees because it was kind of his brainchild. And so we joke about that. Uh, because we didn't know this was going to be really a band at first whenever he started making it. So we're like, don't rock the boat. Keep doing what you're doing. Brady, we we'll actually just, had our along. first show booked before Brady was in the band, if you think about it. Yeah, because we were doing Ravenhill rehearsals at Eric's church. Yeah. yeah. And, he was kind uh, of a last resort. They just worked out. <laughs> yeah. I was the only bass player there. So you're like, well, no, no, no. Base. This is what happened. Is Ryan Bentley was going to play the show with us. And then he was like, uh, or he was going to play with us, like maybe be in the band when it was going to be switching over from least of these to this, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so it was going to be like, so what was left of the least of these was me, Eric, and Ryan. And That's so right. originally it was like, add Kalen and find drums and we have words, right? But we didn't even have the name words yet, I think. Um Maybe we didn't. I don't know. We eventually no, did. We were for still the sh- spitballing names. Yeah, we were spitballing names, but eventually we did have a name to give Kevin to play the show, um, the last day's fest. And then uh, Ryan called me and said, I'm too busy. I'm not going to be able to make the practices for it. And we were, we were around Brady all the time at that point. And so it wasn't necessarily last resort, like Eric was saying. It's just, it was just kind of like, well, Brady's going to be around with us all the time. He could just play bass with us too. Yeah, it's more by proximity. Yeah, and we liked it. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. Perfect. So why not hang out with him more? 
I yeah. add those things on the end. <laughs> no, but really I sure that... I sure love not having a hassle, and it was pretty like <laughs> it was pretty much just like, oh hey Brady, do you want to learn these? And you were like, yeah, and I was like, sweet. But I'm really <laughs> glad that happened because I, I've gone on to have like all of last year's memories jamming at uh, the Praise Cave or whatever the place was called. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like those, that, no. I had so much fun and I'm glad you were there. No, the bass parts are super complex and I loved how quickly Brady like latched onto them and just knocked them out. And he had some, he had his own mojo that he brought to the bass parts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're freaking Sansam. Oh man, that thing's a beast. I love, I love that, that thing. thing. Yeah. I think any bass player coming into that role would be a little bit intimidated because I would say one really cool thing about Trees as a record is how the foundation of it is really the bass guitar, like carrying a lot of the melodies. And sometimes guitars are more textural and the bass is carrying driving a ship, I guess. So I think any bass player coming in to learn those songs is like, oh, it's a lot of responsibility. You're so definitely not Brady, trying to blend in on bass on trees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Brady came in and he learned the parts, killing it. And yeah, live sounds great. And yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. That reminds me, my uh, my cousin in law has a four twelve uh, Ampeg cab he's selling. How much? I can't. I don't remember, but I'll get back to you. Not to Brady's me. just gonna have an army of cabs. <laughs> like have his his like six ten, and then an eight ten that he recently bought but has never used, and then he'll buy like this. No, like, then you get the, the four ten. Then you literally have your options. That's brilliant. Well, and your six ten is technically a two ten, right? Not, you shut your mouth. <laughs> I think it's more of a one. Uh, <laughs> it's like a household. It's like one point eight. Uh, right now, I think there's one speaker that doesn't have a hole in it, but it's got a shark painted on the side of it, so it's super badass. So it makes so, up for it by with attitude. Totally. No, I can't. I can't talk. I, I recently I have my Mesa two twelve, and then I have a four twelve. I know. Right I love it, Caitlin, in this room. I love that. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, like it's funny because I was talking about I had a six ten. And I was like, I need to get my speakers fixed. And I probably should get something smaller because it's just cramp. We, we do a lot of the cram into one vehicle as much as possible. And luckily, a Sansamp comes in very handy with that. Um, but I don't have a small, easy to get around cab. You and need this so 412. Like, you know, what I should do is get an 810 instead of <laughs> getting a smaller amp that makes more sense. <laughs> no, it. it it just, it was a great deal that walked into your life and you couldn't turn it down. Like it was, you got a steal. Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, I'm moving to Nashville. Do you want this? I'm like, Yeah. I, yeah, I'll take that. Dude, I mean, uh, I sit there for a while, but try and see if you could trade someone their Mesa 212 base cab for it. Uh, does, is, is that made by MPEG? Nah, bro. Mesa. Yeah, I'm good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always, I've, I don't know why. I mean, I've looked at it. I've, the fenders, uh, their fender cabs are, Super light and sound amazing. Um, the Mesa sounds great, but for some reason, I've always been a stickler about the Ampeg. Um, I, I want to, I want to actually get other stuff, but it's hard for me to get rid of, like, to jump ship from Ampeg right now. I don't know Dude, why. I hear you. It's it's expensive enough that if you use what's comfortable, you just use what's comfortable. I'm on my eighth AC30. Seriously, <laughs> that is exactly true, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, everything I've heard you record yeah, with it. It's, please just keep it, please. Hey, so what what guitar us. setup do you have right now, Eric? I forget which ones you have right now. So I have my professional American uh, Fender Tele. I got my Ventura 60s Jazzmaster, 
AC30, a handful of cave, uh, pedals, and a Captor X. So you still have the Jazzmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I made that the wedding guitar. Good. And you don't have the Reverend. No. Anymore. And you don't have the Gibson? The Les Paul? The Les Paul. No, I sent that back because I only want to have one Les Paul, and I want to get like a legit dope Les Paul for that one Les Paul. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want my one Les Paul too. So Which bad. What was the uh, the baby one? The little guitar with like no oh, note of Strandberg. Oh, Dan- Strandberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that was be- a couple of guitars ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the Strandberg, and I love that guitar, and that's definitely in my future again. Eric, can you do you do you post every guitar on Instagram? Because it really should be a story that we could follow, and it would be fun. <laughs> no, you, you probably can. You that's the what is that on on your speed on your uh, your highlights. Your highlights. It needs to be just like your guitar highlights, so we can just scroll through every single one. Next time sure. I got yeah. a, I got a dump. I'm gonna do that for you. No, man, that's that's a novel of a highlight. I got rid of the Strandberg because it was my only guitar, and it was super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to do rhythm guitar recording because it was a floating trim, um, it was a, the tuning was never super super stable on cording, especially when I would bend and do weird shape chords. And so for tracking, I wanted uh, just some super regular guitars that anyone could use, a Telecaster, a Jazzmaster, a Les Paul. Like, I wanted foundation guitars. Hmm. And then after I had foundation (laughs) guitars in my locker, then get fun guitars. Yeah. So can you write those off? Yes. Yes, I do every year. Yeah. I, I go from owing, like, a grand to getting a grand. That's amazing. Since this is not an LLC and I'm not a mem- a uh, an employee of it, like all this stuff I I I've bought and everything is just on me, which I'm fine with because I get to have it. But whenever I lived in Nashville, my roommate uh, that I lived with, uh, he one half of the house was written off completely because it was his office, it was his studio. He held meetings there and yeah. everything. He just wrote wrote off his portion of it and everything. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, a third of my rent is written off. Kalen, we should be able to do that right now, right? No, oh, yeah. All you guys, because you all have studios and everything. Well, Brady, you also play at churches. What you make yeah. for those, write that off. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. yeah. And your gas on those trips and even your clothes, they can be considered your uniform. Oh, yeah. For, church. yeah. For, for sure. Now, I forgot about that. Now that I'm actually a on the thing, I. You're a 1099 again. Yeah. No, yeah, I always forget about that. That was one of the fun things about being in a band that it, whenever you're LLC'd and whenever you're technically employed by it and everything, so much things you can write off. Literally, like, I, I need a new shirt. I'm going to write that off everything because as long as I'm going to use it for a show, it is part of my uniform. Yeah. Um, it blows me away how we can, uh, how you can, there's little, little bitty tricks you can find in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just figuring those out. They don't definitely don't just, make it super easy to know all oh, those. No. Um, first year first year out of college I was a contractor for a whole year for this company and I didn't know I didn't think about the taxes thing not getting taken mm-hmm. out and uh, It'll I, just, get I just didn't I didn't have that nest egg saved to take care of the thing but after that now I know I always have the nest egg oh, yeah it must have been quite a wake up call for you huh oh yeah for sure oh yeah yeah I haven't missed since wake you up so so good segues. We're great. Is this your painful segue? We're so good. So good at this. Um, so you didn't have me on the first episode. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. So the song "Wake." All right, we're on track two of the record. 
so Johnny, what was your inspiration for writing Wake in the first place? And what kind of uh, led it to exist in the world? Okay, so if you look at the lyrics, you might think there's a different reason this song got inspired. But really, it was the last song written for the whole EP. And Eric was like, dude, you got to write one more that's just super fun to play live. Because the other ones aren't. (laughs) Is what he said. No, I'm just kidding. No, but like specifically, I think mainly that intro. He was like, write a heavy ass part that just like would be super fun to open up a set with. I sent I you Cutthroat Collapse and I said, hey, we need a song that hits like this as soon as it starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I made a damn intro. Sorry, sorry, there's the build up. Anyway, so I was like, I do want to make one more and I that sounds fun. So I was right on, I loved his idea. So I tried my best and I made Wake. Um, musically lyrically is uh, something we can dive into later but musically that's how it showed up yeah i i distinctively remember johnny you had sent us drop box links of the songs you had written so far and we kind of give our feedback on it and i remember having a discussion with eric me and eric had a similar sentiment that there's needs to be just a heavy no questions asked get to the point type song i felt like that was missing from the bunch and I think we we both agreed, so we we kind of set it up. I was like, Eric, you talk to Johnny about it because I think he'll he'll listen. Because you guys, I think we're more in contact at that point. I think if you address it in the right way to Johnny, I think it'll and be. So why did you why did y'all want to pitch this again? I uh, say it again. We we had a similar sentiment, thinking that there needed to be one more song that was a heavier song. And so we thought the most effective way to communicate that would be for Eric to just kind of give a give a, a reference point. Well, it was communicated well. <laughs> well, I part think of- it was super effective, and I think you you knocked it out of the park and did exactly what Eric and I were hoping would yeah. happen for sure. Well, and so, part of you- it's also because we have the least of these relationship, right? That and too. we have been writing. You know, we wrote. Uh, you wrote foundations for everything. Uh, on the Wolves EP, but I had my like, uh, hey, let's use the bridge pickup. Hey, a little bit more distortion, you know. And you you were receptive to those, and so I was, and I think I was like, dude, we need a bridge pickup, heavy distortion, just like cutthroat collapse, just boom, boom, you know, heavy hitting thing. And what's great is like you were like, okay, and then I think literally like an hour later, I get a Dropbox link, and you were like, like this. <laughs> yeah, and I had played, and I was like exactly like this. <laughs> yeah, dude, that really just kind of fell together. I remember that day. I just was, I was pumped, and I just started jamming something out. Yeah, remember when uh, we were interviewing Ross, and he was talking about his album and how uh, it just how easy it was to write. Yeah, I had definitely had moments like that on this album. That's super frustrating now now that we're on the next album i think also there was a freedom with this album of going like there's nothing to live up to so i'm just making something sending it to my friends they get excited it makes me excited i make more stuff 
Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. And, and just so everybody knows what he's referencing, if if you don't listen to our other podcast, the Hive podcast, there was an episode that we did talking with uh, Ross Worthy, who plays in a band called A Red Arrow, but he also has a solo project. He just put out a record called uh, Freshwater Bay. Is that right? Yeah, Freshwater Bay. And it's, it's a great record. And we talked with him about creating that record. And he talked about how organic it happened. So, And I think it definitely is true. Whenever there's no real expectation, it does allow a certain freedom or a certain way of thinking that it can't be recreated. So I don't think we could ever make another Trees because we'll never be in that same headspace. And not that we would want to, but I think it's cool that that album will exist in a certain place. Yeah, that's why I'm stoked about the um, the live versions we're going to have, which I'll just go ahead and announce on this episode. We're going to have a live version of Trees. <laughs> we're so good at the hype and the build-up, man. Yeah, we and just... I'm having a kid uh, in January sometime. So I'll go ahead and, go yeah, ahead and announce that here, too. In January. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, Wake definitely accomplished what we wanted to accomplish on it the album to be kind of like a strong opening track, even though it's track two, it's like the first like full fledged track. And I think it's really engaging and live. It's super fun to play and I get to scream a bunch on it yeah, live. So I love that. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. That definitely, uh, scratches your itch. Yeah. For that. And it's such a great song to come out of the overture to like live. Cause we, we end that song yeah. and everyone like, well, cheer, like I'll put it this way. Scary Kids, Scary Kids show, uh, even our first show, like every show we've had, everyone loves that first track if we did the overture. And then it, for it to go to that drum part with uh, James, and then when the band kicks in, like that's when the, the crowd just lights up. And it's such a cool... Yeah. Yeah. James hits that intro so solid. It helps. Yeah. Such a consistent, consistent drummer, drummer, man. Consistent like, drummer. Like, he's even said it himself, and I completely agree. He serves the song and he plays the right part at the right time. Like he, he doesn't overcomplicate it. He just like, this is what needs to be done in the song and he just kills it. So yeah, he never tries. He never tries to get fancy unless he's just, he's just totally vibing. Yeah. And usually it's the right thing if he does. So um, yeah, yeah, he kills that part. And by fancy, I mean like ridiculous fancy. Cause like his, his taste and his licks are, would be fancy. If I, if I played the set the way he played it on drums, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I nailed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be a, an accomplishment of all accomplishments. Yeah. So it's. It always puts me away with the way he plays, uh, even live whenever he does little, like anytime you play live, you, unless it's like very, key moments you end up experimenting a little bit here and there yeah 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 especially as a drummer because uh you're just in that groove and you can do so many different things and still be perfect and everything he does that every little I, there's some nights that we were playing and i would just look back and i'm like what in the hell did you just <laughs> do and yeah and, him- and he'll change it depending on the show too like like he'll do a totally different take on uh, the way like uh at the end of sleep the the we are all the same chant with all the lead guitar parts going. Um, sometimes he'll do that like a super halftime, like five out groove. Sometimes he does it like this kind of funky groove, and it's all just on whatever mood. It's like you can tell what mood James is in yeah. by how our set. And he's goes. so in control of it to where it's like he can do whatever he wants, and it just fits. Yeah, he's he's got a metronome in his ear, and he's not even 
letting it affect his mood. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And also, just a shout out James. He does. He is super into EDM as well, um, primarily actually. And he has a uh, project called Millennial Trash. That's his. Uh, it's he's really good at Millennial Trash without an A on uh, Instagrams. If you want to check him out, and he's super good at it. So good. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely. Um... Frick, what was that Skrillex band he was in? Uh, the the from first to last. We're definitely the from first to last to his uh, Skrillex. Yeah, Sonny's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, for James. James is millennial trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, James is really, really great at that stuff. Yeah, 100%. So that's why he's, if you're wondering why he's not on a podcast, that's why. I'm sure we'll have him on some episode. Uh, he just probably won't be here every, every time. I guess we can kind of take that, because we talked about Music League, where it was inspired from i guess coming from overture into wake obviously there's kind of a chronological theme with the titles in trees so i guess we can kind of touch on that maybe slightly not super into it because we'll be obviously talking about the other songs yeah okay so wake um is the beginning of the the like the cycle what would you call it the the cycles straight wake is the beginning to of the cycle if you will and uh, Overture is the calm before the storm of the cycle. And uh, so the opening lines to Wake is the take it away and step into the leaves, prepare the way to see the holy tree. So at the beginning, so in the early demos of this, if I remember correctly, those lyrics are kind of just mumbled in different words and references. Like I probably say tree and leaves and stuff, and I'm just... Because I didn't know what I wanted to do there for sure. I just wanted you guys to hear the demo. Um, they became this because this is kind of a cool, uh, at least for me, it was a fun way to say, here's the m- metaphors you're going to be hearing throughout the album. Here we go. Get ready. You know, like take it away and step into the leaves, prepare the way to see the Holy Tree. Kind of a reoccurring motif of sorts yeah it's like these are the motifs you're about to see and uh here we go i love that i I mean i love reoccurring motifs in in pretty much anything in film uh in music but whenever like you hear them in songs uh and i love it whenever someone is creative enough and um forward thinking enough to see moments where they can tie in and one thing i love about this album is we have those motifs but it's not always it's not identical it's like it's a spin on uh, on that part um it gives a different yeah. texture to it uh but if you're really listening and if you're really uh, taking in the album properly uh you can see these moments where it comes back up and it's so great and i think you reflect that both in a lyrical context but also in a musical context sure. to me from a listener's perspective it makes the album more cohesive which is something i i really enjoy you know well, you know what's fun about it for me is like uh, when you're in a season of your life or a phase of your life, um, you you have motifs, you have reoccurring themes. You you can't even help. There's just things that are that that are repeating in whatever your ritual is for the week of wake, consume, progress, sleep, repeat. Whatever it is you're doing in that phase of your life, you see the same people in your neighborhood because you're getting home at the same time. It's, you know that kind of stuff, and so to try to capture that in the music is fun to, and I like, I like when it's familiar yet different. Like you were saying, Brady, 
like uh it's fun putting a a melody that you've heard in the major key putting it over the minor key later you know yeah i'm not gonna say a name yet but like the first single that we're looking at releasing for the next set of songs uh you kind of inspired me like i kind of took a, a variation of motif that's in trees to inspire a lick i put in the first single yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, there's even stuff that i feel like that like carries over from this into the next phase too so it may be something that most people wouldn't even recognize but to me it's like i know it's there and i think it's cool it's creating the world which goes into the whole uh little characters and the visuals that we get to have is like like if we can just create how do you create a world? Well, if, make it familiar, you know? So I, lo- I love what you did in uh, the song that we are going to release first and how it does that. I think it's um, should be said, even if it's super obvious, like obviously everything is just one singular word in everything that we do. And, you know, that's that's kind of intentional. We, one the band name is so damn simple too, but I, I love that about it. You know, I feel like in our, our scene growing up, we're in the first thing that comes to my mind is like that first chariot record with the longest titles ever. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it was kind of the, the cool thing to have sentence name. It was like the, everything is live. Everything is breathing. Everything's dead. Everything's bleeding or something like that. That first record they put out. Yeah. Like things like that. It's like, I want to do the complete antithesis of that. Like, let's flip it on its head yeah. a little bit and make it as simple as possible. So it's... I remember in least of these one time we were thinking of, I hate it. I hate thinking of song titles. I hate it. Um, and it always takes me forever. And in least of these, it was always, we would just sit around a table and we'd have all the songs and we'd be like, what do we think? And uh, I remember Chase goes, I always love how hardcore bands have just like one word for their songs. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, dude, that's the way to go. Just have like pissed. That's the name of this song, you know? So it kind of just, it's like the band's called words and it's kind of cool if our songs are a bunch of words. Yeah. Which I mean, it's, it's obvious, but like very simplistic word, just singular word per song. I imagine that'll continue to carry over because I don't think we've named all the songs in the next set of songs that we're going to release, but not a, not if it can not if it requires me to uh i mean it it's only i would only have to try harder yeah well i mean of, we'll just well, we'll see what happens words. if it's just going to be the, the continuing thing yeah let's not let's not make it only that right. there could be something awesome we think like of. Uh, blood spilt on the altar trepidation <laughs> exactly yeah. just like that yeah 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 100% it's going to be a heavy um, ass song <laughs> it would have to be with a title like that <laughs> one of my favorite parts of wake <clears throat> is when we play it live uh johnny you did a really good job of organizing our vocals uh, because on the record there's some overlap happening and um you know i love that like you'll sing a line in the chorus then i take the next line you take the next line and Kay- you know then kaylin screams the next line and then you sing the next line then kaylin and i harmonize the next line and then I think I think as of the Scary Kids show, Brady's even doing stuff in there. Yeah, I think Brady's doing some of that with yeah, us which too. is great because. Uh, and one of the best compliments I always get at one of our shows is like, "Dude, y'all's harmony sounded so good." Um, and so that's it's really cool that we. That's great. That's all on you guys. Man, it doesn't work without the melody, bro. 
it don't work. <laughs> uh, and, that is a fun live part and, a, and like a cool challenge too. Because Johnny, I think your vocal production, you know, it, it definitely is very involved and very pretty intricate, like with your harmonies and stuff. So it is a challenge and kind of a scary thing, like live to try to like at least get a glimpse of that in the live setting. It's kind of intimidating for us to try to take on that, but it's been fun working through that. And I, I love that part about us our live show for sure. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. It's fun. Yeah, to it's do too. fun with this, um, uh, with especially even more so now with, uh, uh, all you guys, uh, putting in even more into this, uh, the idea is like growing so exponentially of this band. Um, but like just the, the different layers and the, uh, the challenges, uh, that are kind of being put on each other, uh, really pushing us, not even just as a band, but as musicians, um, but it's always so fun to come into a project and you'd be like, here's what I got, uh, figure it out. And it, and it, for me, it's definitely pushed me as a bass player because like, all right, I don't know if I've played this hard in quite a long time. I don't know if I've done this many licks as a bass player in ever. Um, and so it's just always, and then it's, playing it and then being able to feel it meld so well with all the other parts that it's not contrasting and it's amazing. It's so fun uh, being part of that. And especially with wake um, like that live element of going from overture into that. Cause uh, even an overture, it builds and builds and it cuts. And like you said, it is the calm before the storm because even with the drums, it's almost like that's the war cry coming. I uh, guarantee start. Dude, War Cry is almost exactly what I was envisioning when I made it up. When I was tracking it and hitting it, hitting all the shit in my house with it, um, I was like, I want this to sound like uh, like a freaking army coming over a hill, kind of like. The way I envision it, and the way I've, I've always seen it is like, it seems like Overture is um, the build, and uh, you're kind of setting the groundwork and the idea of what's happening. And so you kind of see. Um, everyone's setting up on a coastline or like on a by the water, and then but there's like a fog, and, it, and then all of a sudden everything dies down and it's quiet, and then you hear the doom, 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 and as everything builds, and the, I've, the way I've always seen it is like almost like Vikings coming off uh, from their ships yeah. through the fog, and then go, and as soon as they hit the bank, it's like, and it comes in hard, and like that's how I've always seen it. And that's the aliens. And aliens come down, and that the that's such a cool <laughs> feeling because that's how I feel on stage. Like as soon as James starts that drum beat, and then you just, you guys hit like the harmonics and different uh, different uh, uh, notes or anything, it, like you hear like it just start resonating, and just like as soon as it comes in on that one, oh my gosh, it's just like yeah. we're going to war. Like we are uh, here to to murder you and to. Blow. The, the most realistic vision I could have of that happening is like if we ever get fortunate enough to play like a European festival overseas where like when, they shows, look like when shows happen again and then we have that part happening and then they do a wall of death. Oh my God. Yeah, if we could get Europeans. Start running together when it comes in together and it's like sides converging in, in war. That's the closest thing in reality I could think to that part that would be so like <laughs> so fulfilling I feel and like. And then the verse starts and everyone's like what the hell? 
Looking up at the stage. <laughs> I, I promise you, though, if we're ever playing somewhere in Europe and there's a huge wall of death, I won't be thinking, I can't believe on that podcast it's, it's coming true. That thing we're thinking about. <laughs> Maybe in hindsight, but I'll probably be listening to the metronome and nervous going, this is cool, and I hope I don't mess yeah, it up. Yeah, it's like, well, guys, this is maybe a, a version of self-fulfilling prophecy right now. You know, That's what you're thinking in your head. Now, Johnny, you're no. going to get that Davy <laughs> Havoc syndrome, and you're going to be like, let's see if this works. Kill that man. <laughs> see <if> the crowd <laughs> does it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. So, um, the bridge on Wake, on this song, uh, the I am awake and I'm asleep. The earth rotates and we repeat. We repeat. The leaves will fall and so will we. Beneath the shade, my soul will be. Repeat. So, those lyrics right there, um, I don't even know if y'all know this, but... I was laying on the floor trying to write this album and I was just laying on the floor or trying to write lyrics for this album. And it was way, I think it was way before I had even uh, started wake this song. And I texted Jason Hobbs, those lyrics. And I was like, I don't want to forget these later. And I don't want to accidentally lose them on the notes. So I want you to have them too. (laughs) And he just laughed and was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so anyways, what what I liked about getting to put those in Wake was, again, this is towards the beginning of the EP, and uh, it's, gonna, it's kind of showing you one of the themes of this album, again, is that cycle, that cycle, that repeating cycle. And uh, I would say, just for to kind of round out the rest of the lyrics on this song, it, it's basically talking about the cycle that is waking up being a part of life and going to sleep and having to be a part of life and we are gonna progress and move forward um it's it's happening it it, whether we want it to i think it's it's amazing how much i think just part of human progression is just still evolution happening just with a lot more words and vocabulary to it than it than it was in the past and uh our behavior if you watch how we behave it's just like, gosh, this is no different than just screaming and, and attacking. And anyways, uh, <laughs> so uh, any of the lyrics at the beginning, I think, are all self-explanatory. Um, I don't even need to go over those, but I would just say the um, progress can't be made loveless. Show me what love is. Rational progress is there a way. That's kind of me saying... That's a that's a big I don't even know that this whole song is a it starts off very aggressive like this is what I think and then by the end it goes but I don't know. So, <laughs> but, but what I do know is that uh, it's written right here. What I do know is that I am awake and I'm asleep. You know. Yeah. And the earth He's, rotates. That 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 part is what I do know. Yeah. And then I'm just we're all just trying to figure it out. And it'd be great to do it nicely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a it's a good uh not not to get political or overly political because I don't think I don't view myself as intelligent enough or informed enough to really speak highly on a subject. But I do think it is a great perception to have, especially the way the world is right now. Um, and obviously when this was written, it was written before the, the times that we're in because we saw like glimpses of it then, but now it's like escalated as time has progressed. 
Uh, yeah, dude. We saw glimpses of it when we were doing the Wolves album. Yeah, 100%. And it's just become more uh, prevalent in the world. So I think I think it is a good reminder for people listening. It's like they're... It's great to 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 have a stance and and know what you believe in a foundation and have a sense of foundation, but also be completely okay with being completely wrong and and having that humility and and approaching any situation with a certain amount of grace and you know potential for you to have the wrong perspective, but like go into it with a open mind and put love first i think that's a kind of uh maybe reaching for like a straw for for me looking at the lyrics but that's something i took away from it uh, from an outsider like if it's my interpretation oh that all sounds good to me man <clears throat> i love that uh i don't know i feel like i'll listen to one of your songs and i just remember a conversation we had at the coffee shop um yeah and it's there was a big period of time where we were just talking about like how everyone is like in their clan and they want to figure out why the other clan is bad and why like we need to just hate everything they hate. And it's like, you know, we were, we were just chill with being in the middle going, okay, I can see that that's a valid point, but that's also a valid point. It doesn't make the other person wrong. It just means the answer is somewhere in the middle. And so many, so much of the lyrics, like, you know, we are all the same, you know, so many of the different things kind of just, it almost seems like dismantling choosing a side and just being pro human. Yeah. Dude, if there's anything I'm trying to get across on this album, it's the fact that like in reality, we're a species and we're we were just this 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 thing that came out of a vagina. Amen. And then <laughs> and then because of the society built around it, we've started to develop our understanding of what this is only because of those who've gone before us and of telling us this is what it is. And we're trying to make our best of it. And hopefully we have a good loving and supporting team around us as we go through our experience on this organic spaceship that's flying through the cosmos and it's cool and it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like we talked about on the last episode, once once I knew I was having a son, I, I just never, or, or I was having a baby, I'd never really spend a lot of time diving into the, the just what it's going to look like to watch a different version of me come out of this portal between my wife's legs. And it was yeah, freaking... Yeah, I was, was going to bring it, the portal <laughs> reference. Dude, you know what's crazy? Joe Rogan's stand-up special, Strange Times, he makes a joke about pregnant uh, ladies giving birth and portals. And I was making that joke with you guys for like a year before that. And I remember being like, shoot, every time I make that joke now, people are going to think I'm quoting Joe Rogan. <laughs> nope. You heard it here first. No, or, we, him and I heard it heard from it the first. same place, the, that super organism we were talking about, that, that shared mind that we all have, that this whole yeah. album's talking about. I love the, the different elements and the different way you write for this album uh, lyrically and all the different, um, I mean, like we said before, like the different motifs that keep popping up. Um, and that's one thing that, and obviously we'll touch on this as we get further along in the album, um, the cycle, the life cycle of, of trees and like the way the song flow, the album flows and like this, the message between the songs and how they intertwine and they also stand apart uh, very, very much as their own, but the overarching message behind it of just kind of like that cycle and how we're all connected. We are all one. Um, 
just that mindset of like you're saying, like loving everyone, else, like love everyone. Like why do we why do we have to pick sides or anything? Um, but that idea of that 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 power behind that and yeah but then but you're honest with it and just like you said like at the end of this song it's like but i don't know this is just an idea i have right now yeah yeah i didn't even know i was going to become alive absolutely yeah like and that's and that's exactly what it is like it's the idea of like this is where i was emotionally mentally uh, at that moment yeah johnny i've heard you say the phrase before and i think you still need to put it on t-shirt but like i didn't ask to be here yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have it on a t-shirt, one t-shirt. A lady at church made it for me. She heard me say that, that I wanted a t-shirt that said I didn't ask to be here. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wore think it one I, time in front of my parents and I didn't mean to. My mom goes, but we wanted you to be here. And she came over and hugged me. <laughs> oh, oh, so, I was so like, sweet. I was like, I'm so glad you did. I'm just saying I technically... Didn't. didn't ask to be here and I, ma- I, here. I majored on how it was some funny lady from church who made it more than anything to try to like deter yeah. from the that's that's funny but uh i would say this is there anything else before we kind of close it out anybody wanted to touch on that song i think we went over it pretty thoroughly were there any other questions we had that we could try to answer that um, this would i mean work as for? far as ones that applied i mean most questions that we had were more kind of generalizing non-song specific it i mean they do apply as far as like guitar tones and stuff like that there are more of those types of questions which i think we covered some last time um this is the only song on the ep that doesn't use the melody maker there's a guitar fact for you yeah so what uh what guitars did you use to track on this song if if you do remember it should be the strat and the telly which is interesting because that you know I think a lot of people associate the heavier, like, heavier guitar guitar tones with like humbuckers and stuff, uh, but it's kind of funny like the heaviest. No, song on the you know what, dude? Way later when you told me we needed to beef it up, I retracted the strap parts with the so it's the telly and the melody maker, which is most okay. of the album. Most of the album is a Telecaster and a melody maker, and um, I forgot I read I went back and redid it to beef it up but I'll, my studio was in a different room at the house at the time so it's a totally different memory okay I was way cool. the song was mostly done and we were probably in the mixing phase and I went ahead and just retracked them real quick and to get more nerdy I know you're the pickups that are in your telly are they the stock ones that it's like a, it's a 1989 Japanese MIJ uh, thin lo- or not a double binding telly right yeah something like that i I don't remember the year but it's Uh, double binding blue telly 50s reissue right yeah japanese what's up up? made in japan 50s reissue is that a 50s reissue yeah i i just think for some i remember random dates i do pretty confidently remember looking at the headstock and seeing that it was 89 cool but uh and it's the stock pickups in there real quick i'm gonna jump in here for a second um, sorry for the sloppy edit, but Johnny let me know he actually gave some misinformation about the guitar. Not that anybody might care that much, but he mistakenly said that he swapped out the bridge with the Squire pickup when in fact it was the neck. Uh, the neck was dying, so he had the neck pickup swapped out with a Squire pickup. So that is now the one that's in his telly. The bridge pickup is stock, as far as I know. So he asked me if I could clarify that in some way. So this is me doing that. All right, back to the conversation. 
Uh, no, actually, get this. The uh, it is a stock pickup in the neck, and it's dark as f, dude. It's it's it almost sounds like the it sounds like most neck pickups with the tone all the way off. Um, okay. just all with the tone all the way on, the neck pickup is really dark. So when you take it off, it's like complete underwater under a blanket sound, which is cool it's for like, like my telly. Um, it's cool for uh ambient stuff, but um, and then the bridge pickup is actually a squire telly bridge pickup because when interesting the bridge pickup the stock bridge pickup started dying like the impedance was so low it was just nothing to it and i would have had to get it rewound or whatever and kenny at texas guitar workshop was like i've got this one from a from a squire lying around he was like these are not bad pickups um and i was like <laughs> we can try it and he just threw it in there and Y'all didn't know until now. Dude, that's amazing. But there's something about that crazy bright bridge and then that crazy dark neck, that that middle section for the people who were uh, commenting re- recently when we did those little least of these playthroughs on, on Instagram. Yeah. Somebody was like, how do you get that sound? And it's like, it's not even so much the gain. It's that telly in that middle position gives it such a unique... I think what's funny is my telly is actually very similar, uh, and which I use that in words a lot as well. It has a a very aggressive mid range, bright forward bridge pickup, but the neck pickup is a uh, it's one of those ro- wide range humbuckers, which is like it's supposed to be the wide range pickup, but it's really just a humbucker. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But it, those things are super dark, and it's a similar thing. It's like because it, it has like the what's it called the Baja telly four position mod. Um, so whenever I go to the third and fourth position on that, it's so dark on the neck. But then, the, like the second position, which is the middle one, sounds killer. And then the full-on bridge sounds awesome. So that's kind of funny. There's yeah, some similarity. That's there. great. So that's what I did. I just would go between the three on the telly. Brady, you're playing a uh, American jazz bass on that song. <laughs> no, American deluxe jazz bass. American deluxe jazz bass. Deluxe. All right. Well, I don't have one of those. I do have a jazz though. What's that, like an early 2000s model or something like that? Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, like like maybe like pre-9-11. So like <laughs> the first like nine months of 2001 and the year 2000. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got the Strat in 98 and then we got the, um, the uh, jazz bass like two years later, I feel like. Dang, that's, that's wild. At Mars Music. <laughs> and uh, I guess the bass, the bass actually that because I tracked the bass on that song specifically. We there's a couple songs that use that jazz bass, and you tracked it initially with that's that. right. You're I right. Think, you're right. Shoot, I forget. I tracked demo the basically the bass lines for Kalen, and then he would retrack them with his bass. And I, I uh, it's like a custom. It's a GMP, which is a custom shop out in San Dimas, California. Uh, truthfully, they were like more well-known in the early 2000s, late 90s for uh, a bunch of random bands like in the Christian rock world that were playing them. But there's a lot of guys outside of that. But that's where I found out about them. Um, And uh, I think uh, one of them being Pillar played them. And then also I saw Skillet play them too. Nice. So I was like, I was like, those guitars are cool. So I, I, uh, I found one... Uh, that I thought was really cool used on eBay. And it was like the most money I'd ever spent on an instrument. But apparently, like I looked it up, the bass I got was a 
like if you bought it new it was like thirty five hundred bucks. Goodness. Wow. And, and and then I but I got it on eBay for eleven hundred. So I was just it was like more money than I'd ever spent on the instrument at that time and I was freaking out. And it's definitely the oldest instrument I still have. Really? It, it it sounds so good. Yeah, Johnny, what uh symbols and drum shells did you use? I don't remember, dude. <laughs> uh Chris Lord Algae picked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah drum samples which it, it, a little fun thing about this album is all the drums are completely sampled yeah they were played on my lap it didn't play <laughs> in the computer <laughs> yeah so i mean uh i think you used the primarily like the tones you came up with were the cla hybrid kit from ssd4 steven slate drums 4 and then you also sent me the midi and then I think I, uh, I basically took the MIDI and I converted it. I think I used, uh, yeah, get good drums, modern and massive. And then, so I sent those files back to you and you basically picked and choose which part for which, which samples you want to emphasize more. Yeah. I, I ended up blending most of the time, a lot of the kick and snare. Um, and yeah. then depending on, uh, there's a, lot of, a ton of automation on this album. So like. So like the uh, bridge of progress, the snare is different there than it is in the loud parts. You know, the real chill part, it's one of them turned up more than the other. Stuff like that. I think that's cool because even though it's like we're using kind of pretty accessible samples, I think blending them together kind of gives it a cool character. It makes them sound more unique. So I, I think that's uh, not that most people would even care or pick up on that type of stuff. There's very few uh, people who hear an album and go, that sounds like the same snare I always hear. Unless you're listening to worship music, because we all hear the same snare for the last 15 years. Oh, yeah, years. for sure. It was like the fop snare or whatever. That, that, and, and also the, uh, was it the, uh, that sound? They have like a few like sample packs that I feel like a lot of worship people use. Um, but anyway, that gets kind of nerdy. That's probably enough for this podcast. We've probably lost some people on that, but that's okay. I don't care. I like talking nerd gear stuff. There's people who do care, and so they need to get to hear it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people who are willing to analyze our band and our lyrics and stuff and content under a microscope, they would appreciate the nerdy stuff. Uh, so in the beginning of the podcast, if you're still sticking around with us, we, we told you we'd give some Words with Friends, the phone app game give you some uh, strategy tips. So the strategy tip for this episode is sometimes it's worth sacrificing some points for positioning. <laughs> so if you play so that you game, you know what to do with that information. Cause I don't know what to do so, with that. <laughs> I can't tell you. All right. So Brady and Johnny, essentially it's like when o- Obi-Wan told Anakin, like I have the high ground, don't do it. <laughs> and it's like, Kalen's advice is, Hey man, <laughs> Wait a few seconds. You might even, it might, you know, you might have a better op- opportunity. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you guys for listening to the Words with Friends podcast. Again, not the phone app game, but a band from Dallas, Texas. We are so thankful that you care even a small amount to listen to us talk. So if you're still here, thank you so much. We have our album Trees out on Spotify. Uh, we are actually going to be releasing an instrumental version of the album very shortly. 
it'll it, we don't have an official date yet but it'll be definitely mid to end next month it'll be available and like we mentioned in this podcast we are also going to be performing a live recorded version of the album and we're also planning on putting live videos of that and also have it as an option on spotify and all streaming services for you to listen as well so three different versions of the same album i think that's kind of cool we've seen some other bands do a similar idea and we love having options because some people want to listen to it a certain way yeah for the karaoke yeah. fans who want to sing along or the guitar players who want to listen to parts more distinctively yeah the it's, people who are stuck in their houses wanting to have a real show so you'll have a lot yeah yeah all those things so we hope you appreciate the content as much as we love making it so awesome thank you guys for listening have a good one love you peace bye